The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, welcome back. Second hour of Pure Opelka. I'm happy to be here on a Friday. I'm happy it's Friday. And yes, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Eastern, we will be here to kick off your weekend. Because, I know what you're saying, that's, that's just like 15 hours after you finish this show, you're back with another one. Yes! Yes, we love the radio. We absolutely love the radio and very blessed, very fortunate, very lucky, very thankful to have this job. And I, I want to I wanna always try and give two bucks for every buck I get. So that's why I, I'm, I'm just telling you, if you can find something in your life that you obsess about and love doing, try everything you can to do it. You know, we talked to uh, Phil Lempert yesterday, the supermarket guru. He loves what he does. And he's become very successful at doing it. And it looks like Phil will be a regular with us now once a week, every week. Dr. Jorge, a medical man who, uh, who loves his work, has been working in internal medicine and in the field of HIV and AIDS, as well as just regular medicine, loves his work as a doctor, and it's made him successful. And I think that if you're lucky enough to find something, it, for me, it came late in life. I didn't bounce out of college and immediately get into radio. It took a long time to find it. And eventually, an avocation became a vocation. And it's all about paying attention. And, and I will tell you this. As we are, are faced with a, what has scared a lot of people these days, this, this North Korean issue, a lot of folks are freaking out. As we're faced with this, I go back to the day that I knew I was headed to talk radio and news, and it was September 11th, 2001. It was on 9-11 when I was involved with a wacky morning show and that uh, my life forever changed, and I never looked back. It went from that point always arcing towards where we are now, and I feel I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. So if you find it, if you hear it in your head, go for it. Even if it means taking tiny steps to get there, just make one step closer every day and eventually you'll wake up and you're there. Okay, sermon over. If you want to join the conversation today, 888-900-3393, I did tweet out a link to that uh, big brother comforting his terrified little sister in the car wash because I just think it's two minutes of just wonderfulness on a day that we're surrounded by, like I said, a lot of people freaking out. And we did ask a vital question of the day today about the North Korean situation. Who will pull the trigger first? And I'm kind of... Uh, I'm kind of comforted by the way the, the early voting is going in this... Uh, in this Twitter poll, it's posted on my, my Twitter page at StuntBrain. Uh, it, it basically shows that only 8% of you believe it's going to be America pulling the trigger first. 
33% think uh, it's going to be North Korea. Almost 50% of you think neither, that this will de-escalate, and 10% of you cannot decide. But you're worried, and I think that's fair. You know, it is, uh, it's 12 and a half hours ahead of us in, in Pyongyang, in North Korea right now. And they have some weird time that they wanted to be different than the rest of the world, so they added a half an hour. The news out of uh, all of the news channels, quoting the president's tweet where he talks about military solutions and we are, we are ready and we are, quote, locked and loaded. Well, my comment to every news channel that is hyperventilating over the president's statement about us being locked and loaded, isn't that the job of the military? Aren't they supposed to wake up every day take an assessment of what's going on in the world and make sure that we are ready for any eventuality. Isn't that what we pay all this money, all these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that we pour into our defense systems? We better be, we damn sure better be locked and loaded every single day. We have to know what every threat is, where it is, and where it stands each and every day. Now you know I have so much respect for the American military. It, it really is an amazing, amazing thing that our military is able to do this. Now, the Korean missile. Everyone's reporting a Korean missile would reach Guam in 14 minutes. And a couple days ago, Guam didn't seem to be too worried about it. Right after Kim Jong idiot said that, there seemed to be just... Oh, no worries. And now, suddenly, the front page of the Guam newspapers and the Guam Homeland Security are publishing what to do in case of a missile attack. So, I, um, I'm happy to tell you that not only is the, uh, the Guam government posting this, but if you go to ready.gov, and I'm going to, I'll post a link to this as well. If you go to ready.gov, you can, you can be informed, educated, and prepared on a number of things, myriad situations. For example, if you want to know about emergency alerts, like when you get those amber alerts or the silver alerts, or an active shooter situation, a bioterrorism attack, a chemical emergency, a cybersecurity attack, what to do in a drought, an earthquake, explosions, extreme heat, floods, etc. It's all there, including a nuclear blast. Your government has posted on its website an entire list of what you can do in case of a nuclear blast. Now, if you didn't know it, the United States government has even educated us to say that a nuclear blast is an explosion with intense light and heat, a damaging pressure wave, and widespread radioactive material that can contaminate the air, water, and ground surfaces for miles around, and they should add in there, for a hell of a long time. A nuclear device can range from a weapon carried by an intercontinental missile to a small portable nuclear device transported by an individual. All nuclear devices cause deadly effects when exploded. Okay, now do we understand? 
Now the potential targets are listed thanks to the government ready.gov site. In general, the strategic missile sites and bases, the centers of government such as Washington DC and any state capital, important transportation and communication centers, so airports, yes, airports, train stations, manufacturing, industrial technology and financial centers, hello New York, petroleum refineries, the electrical power plants and chemical plants and major ports. Why don't you just say pretty much everywhere except the flyover states? Now there are three factors for protecting oneself from radiation and fallout. Three factors, distance, shielding and time. The more distance between you and the fallout, the better. Well, I think that's uh, kind of a given. An underground area such as a home or an office building basement offers more protection than the first floor. Again, a given. Shielding, the heavier and denser the material, thick walls, concrete, bricks, books, and earth between you and the fallout, the better. So the thicker the walls, the deeper you are, the farther you are from the fallout, the better. And the time. Now they do say the fallout radiation loses its intensity rapidly and that at, over time you'll be able to leave the fallout shelter. That's not what they told us. They told us that, you know, it could go on for a long, long time. Radioactive fallout poses the greatest threat during the first two weeks, which means you're going to have to spend two weeks in the basement with your neighbors. No wonder people are freaking out. Now, there are two kinds of shelters. The blast shelters, which are constructed to protect against the pressure, that initial heat and fire, because, yes, there's a fireball that follows. Then there's the fallout shelter, which constructed to, get, to protect against, obviously, stuff coming down from above. I remember I talked to you about the JFK fallout shelter, the bomb shelter that was underneath the house he rented in Virginia. Did I ever post that? I need to post that video. Before a nuclear blast, there are things you can do to protect yourself. Not that I'm telling you there's a nuclear blast pending. But, you know, we, we talk about being prepared. And do you have a week's worth of food at your home? Do you have a day's worth of, of canned goods or stuff you could survive on? Two days, three days? What about medicines? Just in case the power went out for a few days. The government on ready.gov has actually put on a couple of links here so you can set up how to, how to plan for your family and how to set up an emergency supply kit. It's not a dumb idea. I think it's a really smart idea to have a few of the things they have here because all of this relates to just being generally prepared in case the power grid goes down for a couple of days, in case there's a hurricane that cuts off power and or access for a couple of days or a week. It doesn't hurt to have a plan. So I'll tweet out a link to this because I think this is pretty darned interesting. And there are some things you can share with other people. But for all of the panic that's associated with the thinking of a nuclear blast, nuclear attack, we also have the comfort in the reality that it's highly unlikely 
it's going to happen here. And it's an even greater improbability that it'll happen to you or I, unless you or I are sitting on top of the White House or the Capitol Dome in Washington, D.C. So I'm just, I'm just saying that with all the talk, what you can learn from the government site on ready.gov is how to prepare yourself just in case you might need to be off the grid yourself for three, four, five days, perhaps even a week. It shouldn't take a nuclear blast to make you worry about this, but I guarantee you, once you put a kit together, once you decide that you're going to go out and buy a couple of extra canned goods each time you go to the grocery store and check off your nuclear or emergency preparedness kit, once you do that and you have it locked up, you'll be a little less stressed when you think about any of these problems. Just a little less stressed. And that's a good thing. When we get back, I still have to get to my discussion of these senators. And the Senate seats, I think, are very vulnerable. There's 10 of them. And if they do flip next year in the, uh, in the 2018 election, it's going to have a serious effect. Uh, there's also a pretty strange lawsuit we have to get to. Some back-to-school advice from Chuck Woolery and uh, a couple of other really strange stories that are floating out today. And, of course, Billy Hallowell, our buddy from Faithwire, stops by every Friday for a uh, Friday faith lift. And I think we're especially due for one of those this week. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. One of the things that you need to include in your survival pack, you know, for, for the big one. When the, when the big one drops, if you go to ready.gov, which I tweeted out the link to the nuclear survival story from the, the government. But one of the things you need to include in your survival kit it's, of course, relief factor, because I already have, believe it or not, yes, I, if you ever stop me, you can say, let me see your survival pack, because I have one in the back of the car that's good for five days, just in case. A two-person, five-day survival pack. And in there is a three-week quick start pack, unopened from Relief Factor, because I take Relief Factor three times a day, every day. I started back in April. Relief Factor is an all-natural, 100% botanical and fish oil product that helps reduce inflammation in your joints. And inflammation is what causes pain. Get rid of the inflammation. Guess what? The pain is gone. The pain is gone. You get your life back. You don't need to take anything else. And I don't. I take Relief Factor three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you try the three-week quick start pack, I hope it works for you the way it worked for me. They've sold over a million of them. And they're $19.95, less than a cup of coffee a day. 80% of the people who get it will reorder it. 
So here's what you do. You go to relieffactor.com. You get the basic information. You can either order online or you can pick up the phone and talk to someone and ask questions. 800-500-8384-800-500-8384. It's Relief Factor. It's worked for me and it's in my bug out bag, okay? It is. I want you to try it and I hope it works for you. All right, so much to get to today. Just around the corner, I told you we'll be talking to Billy Hallowell. And uh, I, I don't know if Billy's been to this place. I think it might be good for Billy to go there and do some investigative work. It's a museum in New York City that's currently embroiled in a pretty serious lawsuit. I don't know if you've ever been to museums where they have kind of interactive displays. Uh, this one did. And um, there's a, a pretty substantial lawsuit between... Um, the museum and this woman, she went into the interactive display uh, called Funland. And uh, while she was in there, um, she cracked a tooth, she broke her nose, and had blood gushing from her lip. She had to be rushed to the hospital, ultimately needed a dental implant. Her nose had to get fixed. She laughed and apparently, according to the lawsuit, suffered uh, emotionally. She's distraught, at least according to the court papers. She is saying that the museum was negligent. And as such, she's asking for a large settlement. She's saying that it allowed a, a hard structure, perhaps steel even, to be underneath the experience that she was in, the uh, Funland experience she was in. The exhibit was uh, shut down twice before her injury, apparently for repairs. Now, what the Funland was is um, it's a bouncy house for grown-ups inside the Manhattan Museum of Sex. And the, the Museum of Sex has left this woman battered and bloodied and scarred. Uh, because the bouncy house, the fun land inside the Museum of Sex, apparently, um, instead of having just regular balloons, these were um, what the museum has called, and I'm using air quotes here, boob bags. They're giant inflated breasts. And this woman and her friends decided this would be a titillating experience that they needed to... Jump for joy inside the Funland bouncy house. Well, she's got a new nose now and some new teeth, and she's also involved in a, in a lawsuit. I don't know how this has come out, but uh, perhaps Billy Hollowell, who may have visited this museum sometime in his past, I know he, he still spends time in New York City, perhaps he can give us a, an eyewitness report on whether or not this bouncy house for grown-ups still exists. If not, um, I, I'm betting Jeffy is interested, or perhaps the Blaze's own junk reporter, Kate Scanlon. We'll be right back with a faith lift. We need it. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Joining us now on Pure Opelka, as he has been doing regularly for the past couple of weeks, is uh, our buddy, our pal, uh, the demon incarnate himself, Billy Hallowell from Faithwire. How are you, my friend? I'm good, and I just want you to know I'm actually interrupting my vacation to, to do this with you today. So, you know, feel feel very special, Michael Palka. I, I do feel special, and I appreciate it, but you've been tweeting like a guy who, who's eaten his last meal before the gas chamber. Come on now. I'm telling you, look, usually vacations are not relaxing, because I feel like with the kids, you're just, like, chasing them around. But for some reason, we, we decided to go to Ocean City, Maryland, and for, we've never been here before, and for some reason, it's been incredibly relaxing, and I've just been on Twitter nonstop. It's been great. I've had the time to actually tweet. It's been well, good. now, I love you, you in Ocean City, Maryland, uh, means two things. It means you came through Delaware and did not let me know, so we couldn't see you, so that's a strike against, <laughs> and yet it's a credit in, on your behalf as well. <laughs> but um, you posted pictures and a little video earlier this week somebody did the last supper in a sand sculpture there oh this guy he's amazing it's this artist and it's a crazy story we're actually going to be having a story on monday on faithwire with video and photos but it's this guy who's been doing it for like three decades down um, on first street between first and second street in ocean city and it's basically sand sculptures that he builds every two weeks he um, puts them out, and he puts this coating of this plastic, I don't know what it is, over it so that the the weather doesn't hurt these sand sculptures. So they actually stand for two weeks, and one of them is, was the Last Supper. Um, there was this giant heart. There was another one of Jesus' face. I mean, these are incredible. And this guy's an ordained minister and an artist, and he came here years ago and saw someone else doing something similar, and he has just stayed there, and he puts Bible verses out. And it's crazy because it's right on the boardwalk and we had heard about it you know we had read about it before we came here and it's i guess it's a huge thing like everybody goes to see it here and so of course we we went down there right away to check it out and it was it was really incredible so i wish we were here another two weeks to see what he does next but um but yeah and, and i think you know this is a guy who like lives off of donations too he's this amazing artist who could probably huh. be making a ton of money and here he is you know as a minister sort of trying to serve people in a really cool way. Uh, so I, I love it. It's great. Well, the pictures that you had on your Twitter feed, and you should follow Billy on Twitter if you don't, the pictures did look amazing. I'm always impressed by people who do sand sculptures to these amazing details and down to these, I, I don't, no pun intended, granular levels. Uh, the way they can craft images into the sand. It's just, I don't have the patience. I, I'm not able to do it. But speaking of ordained ministers, um, Hillary Clinton is talking about doing what I've done years ago and becoming an ordained minister. <laughs> Here's what I love about this story, okay? It's such a Hillary Clinton story because of allegedly she's had this, quote, secret dream to become a minister. Um, <laughs> the way that the story is told, and I, and I love this, is that she wanted to do it secretly for so long, but she was afraid it would hinder her political career. And I laughed at myself because I thought, of course, of course she's afraid it's going to hinder her political career. There's no more Hillary Clinton of a story than Hillary Clinton wanting to become a pastor but refusing to answer God's call because she's afraid it would hinder her political career. Um, but I do think it's interesting, if it's true, 
that. And obviously, I think that the type of, you know, the form of faith that she subscribes to is a progressive Christianity, I would imagine, and not one that I'm very familiar with as someone who follows, you know, the traditional Christian faith. But I do think it's interesting, and I'm not going to totally slam her, because look, if this is something she wants to do, um, you know, great, go, go for it. But but the fact that she she allegedly paused because um, she was afraid of hurting her career just made me laugh. This is, this is so amazing because the Clintons, who, can you imagine if they started a church? And if, I can't if, imagine it. If we go back and they suddenly have a television ministry and you've got Bill and Hill and then Chelsea doing like the singing and and Bill, they're up there on the couch on your TV every Now like what we baby. need everybody to do is send in your donation right now to the first church of the second chance with bill and hillary because oh, everybody deserves say it with me chelsea a second chance dad that's right that's right amen sister I, it's 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 so ready to happen <laughs> it is it is it, yeah look and i don't want to if, if this is something that she genuinely wants to do it's sort of strange to me, and, and look, the, this stuff is all coming out as her pastor, the guy who, has written, who had written her daily devotionals, released a devotional book of the devotional he was sending to her. So you know, these are things that are put out there to sell books, and I, it's hard when it comes to faith because you get a little bit turned off when people are trying, and, and I know this is somebody who's tried to sell books around faith, but I, I think there's a certain line that you cross that, where I hope that this is true, that this is something she really wanted to do, or else it just feels a little dirty that they're using this to sell a book but yeah and this isn't a book that she wrote again it's a, her pastor wrote it but i just love the fact that she that oh no i can't i might not be able to answer the secret call because you know and by the way you know for christians who believe they're called into ministry it's like the biggest call for them to to give up everything and become you know a pastor so the fact that she wouldn't do that <laughs> well, <laughs> it just it makes me, it gives me joy and it shouldn't <laughs> well it ring to me it rings as hollow as that statement Remember when someone, uh, there was a church group meeting with Nancy Pelosi when she was the speaker, and they said, what's your favorite word? And she goes, uh, uh, my favorite word is the, my favorite word is the word. Yeah, the word. It's the word. Look, the problem with all these people, and this is what drives me crazy, and, you know, I, I have friends who will fight with me on this, you know, a lot of liberal friends, and they'll say, oh, you know, you're wrong, the Bible's whatever you want it to be. No, the Bible, there are, there are certain debates in the Bible, obviously, and that's why we have so many denominations, and we have Protestants and Catholics. There are debates, and there are issues to debate, but I think there's a lot that's pretty clear-cut that we decide to debate just because we want to make ourselves feel better about the things we say we believe and the things we want to do, especially when it comes to politics, and Nancy Pelosi is a great example of that. You know, you can call yourself a Catholic all day long, but when you're rejecting every single element of what the Catholic faith stands for, it starts to become curious that you're still calling yourself a Catholic. And then they try to sort of change what Catholicism is to adapt to what they believe. And I think that's, that's when you get, that's when it just gets a little bit dangerous and silly. And I think too many people on the left, you know, this is sort of an issue where they just try to, they're now trying to, instead of rejecting faith, trying to adapt the faith to what they believe on different issues. And I, and I think that that's a little, and the right does it too, but I, I think we see it a lot more on the left, and it's sort of unfortunate. But I love that. I, I love when, whenever Pelosi talks about faith, I light up because I also find myself very, very entertained. Well, she, Pelosi is what my mother would call a cafeteria Catholic, somebody who would walk down the aisles of Catholicism and say, I'll have one of those, but no, I don't want any of that. <laughs> I'll, t I'll take one exactly. of those, but 
Yeah. So yeah, she's a cafeteria Catholic, uh, as uh, my, my late mother used to say. Now, Billy, as our resident demon, and I say <laughs> that with tongue firmly planted in cheek, you are one of the people who pays attention to all the exorcisms that are going on. I think you have an exorcism index at your house that you keep track of <laughs> weekly to see how many exorcisms are going on, just to see what's going on with demons. What is this, what is this common activity you're saying we have to avoid at all costs uh, in order to avoid demonic possession like you yourself have experienced? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I love these stories because everyone gets freaked out by the end times, which, you know, I had a chance to write quite a bit on. And, and also, you know, possession and, and infestation. It's like, oh, these things are so strange. But, you know, these are big elements, I mean, of, of faith. And they're things that are talked about in the Bible. And so they're things Jesus talked about. So it's sort of funny to me that we want to avoid talking about them because they seem too weird to us. Um, but we believe so many other elements. So anyway, when it comes to the possession topic, there's a new movie, Annabelle, um, Annabelle uh, Creation, that's coming out actually today. And look, these movies are Hollywood. They're, they're taking their own spin on evil, and they're not really obviously biblically sound. But it is interesting that in promoting this movie, there's a priest, um, Father Robert, out in L.A., who is helping, and he's with the diocese out there, and he actually didn't want his full name published, but I interviewed him. A number of other outlets have interviewed him about Annabelle, and it was something that the publicist had actually lined up from the movie. So it was interesting that a priest was sort of diving in, and I think he probably saw it as an opportunity to talk about these real-life themes. And he talked a lot about, in this interview I did with him, the Ouija board, and how so many people look at the Ouija board as just a game, um, but how it's not just a game. And for some people, it can be something far more sinister, and you can be inviting evil in. And it was a really interesting interview. I'd encourage people to go to faithwire.com and check it out. We actually have two different pieces from that interview up on the site right now, and they're trending in the most popular section, because I think people are interested in these topics, right? They want to know, okay, well, is the Ouija board just a board game? You know, we've done some stories in the past, the history of the Ouija board, even if you don't believe and you think it's just a silly board game, is incredibly creepy. Um, and so you can check some of that out um, over on faithwire.com. But he basically says, avoid it, don't go near the Ouija board, and don't take evil for granted that this stuff exists and can have a real impact on your life if you invite it in. So is there a Ouija board in your house for research purposes? Never. I have never touched one and would never touch one. I am what you can call me a paranoid freak. I, I have actually known people and I don't, you know, here goes the crazy faith person, but you know, I've known people who have had a lot of issues after they've used them. I've also known tons of people who have touched them and never had a problem, but you know, I'm, I'm a believer that if you're trying to tap into something, you sometimes will get a response. And even if it only happens one out of 10 times, that's one out of 10 times I don't want to be involved or be near it. So no, I do not play around with the Ouija board, but I do think I do think it's fascinating. And remember, this guy, by the way, this priest, he trains all the priests who do exorcism. So he's like the trainer. And I'm probably saying too much because they don't want too much of his identity out there. He's very cautious due to the work he does. But this is someone who isn't just out there spouting ideas. He's someone who's seen a lot of this stuff in action. So I found it kind of fascinating to hear what he had to say about it. Well, I'm I'm totally in sync with you on the Ouija board thing. Uh, as growing up, I remember people would say, hey, let's bring out the Ouija board. I'm like, I am out of here. I do not want to see the carpeting open up and all of you get sucked down into hell. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't need any spirits. <sighs> you'll, hear the, you'll hear people say, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But I'm telling you, I know legit people who aren't crazy who have had some nutty things happen to them as a result and after. So, so you know... 
I'm, I have no interest. I'm, I'm good just reading about it and writing about it. I don't need to touch it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so with sorry, all you Ouija board sellers, you're not going to get a push from us. Well, Billy, nope. I so appreciate you making time for us on your vacation. And uh, I, I can't wait. I'll, I'll tweet out a link to the this story about uh, Annabelle creation because it is fascinating to me. And also Monday, we'll look forward to seeing the uh, the Sandcastle version of The Last Supper, which really was wonderful. Really was really Amazing. cool to see. Amazing. Thank you, my well, friend. Have a safe drive me. home. Hmm? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for putting up with me, Opelka. Get out of here, you demon. Get thee behind me. <laughs> Have a great weekend. See you next time. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I do appreciate Mr. Hallowell stopping by. I think uh, our weekly visits are just what we need before we get into a uh, Saturday. And I didn't get to ask him. I didn't get to ask Billy where he stands on uh, on the uh, North Korean thing, and if in fact he carries. Um, if he carries a, a go bag in the back of his car, Billy's got two little ones. So I would imagine he's prepared for just about any situation. Cause I, I don't know any parent worth their salt who does not travel with three days of juice boxes and supplies. So God forbid anything happens. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Billy would be able to survive and the kids would be able to survive easily just with what they have brought for snacks. And uh, I didn't tweet it out yet. I will tweet out a, um, a, the uh, link to Billy's story because he is on Faithwire. And again, if you're not following Billy on Faithwire, uh, you should. I'm keeping an eye on something that uh, deals with our friend Dana Lash. Dana, nationally syndicated radio host, but also a television host here on The, on the Blaze. Earlier today, Dana was accused of pretty much being a uh, domestic security threat by an elected member of Congress. Representative Kathleen Rice, who is a congressperson out on Long Island in New York, shock, she's a Democrat, also anti-Second Amendment person has um, has come out and said that Dana Lash and the NRA are quickly becoming domestic security threats under President Trump. We cannot ignore that. Congresswoman, um, excuse me, you're an elected representative of the people. You are calling a licensed broadcaster and a licensed concealed carry person who's probably the best shot at the blaze. I'm just saying, I know a lot of people would debate that, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking Dana's the best shot at the blaze and also the safest person to handle firearms right up there with Glenn. And I like to think myself, 
But we'll be following this. I think an apology is in order from Kathleen Rice. We've reached out to her office. We have yet to hear back. More in the third hour of Piro Pelka just around the corner. Come on back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.